Welcome to Locked On Pistons, the daily Pistons podcast. I'm Duncan Smith, your host. You can follow me at Duncan Smith NBA. You can find my work on pistonpowered.com. You can follow Piston Powered at Piston Powered on Twitter. Aaron Baines is a notable topic right now, in no small part due to the fact that he has been uh, no topic at all. He has not spoken about his intent to opt in or out of his player option. Um, he's got a uh, $6.5 million player option for the coming season. And the last thing that we heard after, I believe it was during exit interviews, he told uh, Vince Ellis of the Detroit Free Press that it feels like he has unfinished business. Of course, that sounded just like something that a player might say after a season finishes as disappointingly as as this season did for the Pistons. Of course, they were expected to compete for the top of the playoff bracket in the East, maybe get a four or a five seed, and follow up on their promising campaign of a season ago. And of course, that didn't happen. They won 37 games. They missed the playoffs. They are going to be picking 12th. And it was really just a disappointing season across the board. Uh, for Baines and for the Pistons in general. Baines is one of the few guys in this team that wasn't a, a perpetual disappointment. Um, you, you can look at his box score and it's not going to jump off the page at you. He averaged 4.9 points and 4.4 rebounds in 15 and a half minutes per game. It's, it's not going to get him any, uh, any All-NBA or All-Defense nominations, certainly. But he was very effective when he was on the floor in other ways. Um, he had the second best on-court defensive rating on the team. The Pistons allowed just 98.5 points per 100 possessions when Baines was on the floor. When he was off the floor, they gave up 108.1 points per 100 possessions. Uh, it's a pretty stark difference. Uh, mind you, he was playing with a stronger defensive unit than you know Andre Drummond uh, and the starters. Stanley Johnson, Ish Smith, and Tobias Harris were his usual teammates with uh, with a wing rotating in as needed. Um, that's that's just going to be a better defensive lineup uh, more often than not. And you know the reserves are also playing against reserves most often. So um, Baines does have the advantage from a, a statistical point of view in that situation. Um, but if we break down the individual ways that he was utilized on defense, um, we'll take a look at the synergy numbers really quick here. Uh, as the big defender guarding the pick-and-roll ball handler, opponents scored just .721 points per possession. Uh, that puts him in the 83rd percentile. It's not bad. Uh, when guarding the pick-and-roll man, opponents scored a bit better, but then, of course, when the pick-and-roll man is the primary guy that you're guarding. Uh, that means that he's gotten the ball, and it also means that he's gotten the ball in scoring position most often. So he yielded .909 points per possession. Uh, that's not as good. It's in the 52nd percentile. Uh, but when he was guarding the postman, he gave up just .755 points per possession. That's the 79th percentile. Um, across the board, Baines is a, is a very solid and reliable defender, and he's he's significantly better than what the Pistons would be rolling out on defense with 
Boban Marjanovic. Uh, of course, Marjanovic is a gifted and skilled scorer, but if you get him moving side to side, you're going to get layups too often. Um, Baines is the best rim protector the Pistons had among all rotational players. Uh, from inside six feet, in and around the rim, opponents shot 10.7% worse than their season average. Uh, that's a little bit worse than what Boban Marjanovic produced in uh, basically in mop-up duty. And it's head and shoulders above Andre Drummond's uh, fairly uh, pitiful uh, room defense numbers. So all this is to say that uh, if Aaron Baines was to opt in to his $6.5 million contract, it would not be a terrible thing for the Pistons. Um, they will have the ability, most likely, to, uh, to move on from Boban Marjanovic, uh, unless this, the, they decide that they want to plan ahead and keep him under contract with the assumption that next season uh, Baines will, will walk. Um, I believe that going into next season, the Pistons will have Baines's full bird rights this season. They don't. They can only offer him up to 175% of the season's salary, which is about uh, 11, I think it's 11.375 million off the top of my head. Um, and that's if he was to opt out. Next season would be a different situation. The Pistons could, could pay him more um, if they were so inclined. It might be cheaper to let him walk then and let Boban take over the backup role. But thinking that far ahead when the Pistons are going to be up against the salary luxury tax this season is uh, is maybe a bit foolish. So what the Pistons should probably do if, if Baines decides to opt in is just trade Boban and get some cap relief. Last season, it definitely seemed as though Aaron Baines was the only reliable uh, backup center in Stan Van Gundy's eyes. While Boban was expected to take the reins and become the backup center coming into this coming season, um, he was really very rarely able to get under the floor for meaningful minutes. It it took um, it took injuries to Baines or Drummond or suspensions or ejections and the like in order to get Boban any real minutes until the last uh, three or four games of the season when Stan Van Gundy opened up the rotations once they were essentially eliminated from the playoffs. Um, so I think that Stan Van Gundy's perfect world would be for Baines to opt in and move on from Boban. Um, fans might not agree. Uh, Boban was a fan favorite, perhaps because he looked good in mop-up duty. Uh, he wasn't exposed in, in ways that a guy who would be getting 15 to 20 minutes per game might be. Uh, for an example of a player who looked really good in a specific role and then when his responsibilities increased, wilted under the pressure, uh, you don't have to look much further than John Luehr. Uh, John Luehr was great off the bench last season, uh, the first 30, 35 games of the season. Um, and then Tobias Harris was moved to the bench in place of John Luehr. Luehr became starting uh, power forward and he completely fell off a cliff. And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that he was simply not prepared to go up against better opponents. Um, and uh, there's certainly a confidence 
aspect to to John Luer's issues as the season wore on, uh, but I think that the confidence wilted in the first place because he was he was shown up for for the flawed player that he is, um, and we've got a situation here where Boban Marjanovic is probably not prepared or equipped to play the kind of uh, play the kind of heavier minutes and have the kind of versatility thrust upon him that would be required if he was going to be playing heavier minutes. Um, so yeah, I think, I think in Stan Van Gundy's perfect world, he would be happy to see Aaron Baines opt in and, uh, and move on from Boban. And then the Pistons can just figure out what to do at backup center next season. Um, another reason that Baines has not opted out likely has to do with the fact that there just isn't going to be enough money around the league to spend on on backup centers. Uh, a season ago, the salary cap exploded um, over a $20 million leap, and there was a real feeding frenzy. Uh, you saw, I think it was on the very first day of free agency, uh, Timothy Mozgov signed a four-year, $64 million contract and he averaged 7.4 points and 4.9 rebounds per game, played 20 minutes per game, and uh, spent more time than the Lakers expected sitting on the bench and unplayable. Uh, Jan Mahimi signed a four-year $64 million deal with the Wizards. Uh, he had an injury-shortened season, played just 31 games, uh, hit the floor for 18 minutes per, Scored 5.6 points and added 4.8 rebounds. Um, again, this is a guy that was was perhaps thought to be uh, the best comparison to what Baines might be looking at this coming season. Um, none of the guys who got super paid at the backup center position last season really, really showed out all that well. Um, nobody who signed a big to a backup big to a huge contract uh, is really feeling all that good about it. Um, and the salary cap is about six or seven million dollars less this season than was projected a season ago. Uh, so a lot of the optimism about the kind of payday that Baines could get, um, it really looks like that was was foolhardy. Um, you know, there, there just isn't the kind of money for teams to splurge on a guy like Baines. Um, he certainly fills a role, but he's a lot more palatable at six and a half million dollars per season than the uh, the fifteen to seventeen million dollars per season that Mozgov, Mahimi, and uh, Bismarck Biombo are all getting across the league. Um, so, all this is to say that I'm feeling stronger by the day that Aaron Baines is going to opt in. Um, I think that that's going to be okay from a Pistons perspective. Uh, the best Piston lineups featured Aaron Baines. Uh, partially because he was playing with players who, who sort of like fit the, the defensive mantra that made the Pistons work the best last season. Um, and also because, you know, he was in a lineup that was feasting on fellow reserve lineups. Uh, but, you know, that's a situation the Pistons are going to be in again this season. He's going to be the backup center. So it's good to have a backup center that fares well against other reserves. Um, so... Uh, that's my take on Aaron Baines. Uh, I would like to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, Baines is uh, perhaps not the most polarizing guy in the roster, but 
him getting the minutes he got meant that uh, fan favorite and curiosity, uh, Boban Marjanovic didn't really play. So um, I think there's some resentment from from fans who are very curious about what Boban can offer. Uh, so hit me up on Twitter at Duncan Smith NBA. Let me know what you guys think about the whole Baines situation. Uh, I'd be very interested to hear from you. I spend way too much time every day talking to people on Twitter, um, so I'd love to hear from you. As always, the best way to support the podcast, if you're so inclined, is to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, uh, whatever your podcast program or source of choice is. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, if you think we're worthy of five stars, go right ahead. If you think that we're not, um, maybe send me a private message and let me know what we can do better. Uh, either way, I would like to hear your uh, your comments and your, criti- your critiques, your criticisms. We're about a week in so far, and I've I've been happy to get feedback from from those of you who have taken the time to let me know how you think I'm doing here on uh, on the Locked On Pistons podcast. Uh, it's been a delight to get to talk to you on a daily basis. Um, again, uh, to support the podcast, uh, you can also go to our sponsor, SeatGeek, and uh, use the code LOPistons. Again, that's LOPistons. That'll let them know that you came from us, and uh, that'll make everybody happy. Uh, SeatGeek is a great, a great program. Uh, it's a great idea. It does simplify the whole process of getting tickets to your favorite sporting events and concerts. Um, it is not just most service when I say that I have that app on my phone and when I buy tickets, I use SeatGeek. It really simplifies uh, getting the best deal and getting the most bang for your buck. And with that, we will catch you tomorrow.